Welcome to the Chai Break Podcast with your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar and Rama Rao, coming to you from New York City. Each week, we brew up conversations steeped in our cross-cultural experiences, growing up in India and moving abroad in our 20s. From feminism to fashion, colorism to colonialism, join us on our journey of becoming. With elements that almost every immigrant, irrespective of background, can relate to, we hope you enjoy our conversations and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi, Rama. How are you doing? Hi, Shrita. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It's been a busy week, but it's been very productive. And what about you? What's new with you? Oh, I have something fascinating and I um, I will probably dive down in deeper detail probably later, but I started a morning routine. Yay! Woo-hoo. It's been a true game changer for me. Um, it's really, it's such a wonderful, wonderful um, experience doing that every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it just on the weekends. I cheat a little bit, but on the day, on the weekdays, I stick to this routine. It's been just fascinating. I'll tell you all about it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I feel like starting each day by taking some time for yourself is so critical. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. It's all about self-love. Self-love. Yeah, so Right. Let's dive right in. Yeah, so let's dive right in. So let's see. So what is self-love? You know, when we come to think of it and it's been a big buzzword it's been a uh, there's a lot of talk around it and let's see what it is what it, what's the definition of self-love so self-love uh, that's that's actually a fundamental question right i'm so mm-hmm. glad you asked self-love um, at least uh, from what i have my my impression has been it's it is having a high regard for your own being see it's self right and loving your own self so having a very high regard for your own well-being and happiness and not sacrificing your well-being to please others, right? So it is a way of life. It is a practice that focuses on placing the highest importance on oneself first, making sure the self is well-nourished, mind, body, and soul, and is in a state of that happiness and balance. So when the self is in a state of that happiness and balance, it helps only ensure that it's ready to take care of others' happiness and you know their balance and so on. And that's the important point here. Because it's not like, oh, I'm going to just take care of myself. No, but you're preparing yourself so well that you're able to take care of others and mm-hmm. be meaningful to others and society in large. That That's amazing. That's a great point you bring up. Because I feel like terminologies like selfish and self-love oftentimes get confusing, you know, because obviously self-love is more centered around like self-centered or being narcissistic or self-absorbed even. So where do we draw the line? Like, how do we know what's selfish versus self-love? Right, right. I mean, you're absolutely right. Because self, when you say, oh, practice self-love, I can still imagine my aunts and my uncles Mm -hmm. and my grandparents in India going like, well, that is not what dharma is. You have to like, you know, be selfless service to others. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. think the whole definition is kind of skewed, which is why people think it is, um, akin to selfish or being narcissistic and self-absorbed. Actually, that's on the contrary. It really is not. Because even the Gita says, you know, you have to really take care of yourself. It is a dharma to the self mm-hmm. to take care. It's your duty to yourself to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it is not in any way being selfish. 
Because when you say the word selfish, like just say the word selfish, selfish, it has such a huge negative connotation to it. But when you say the word self-love, you can see that there is already a change in the tone. Mm -hmm. It has such a positivity to it, right? So selfish is like where you focus on your gain, but at the cost of someone else's loss. That's beautiful. And where your contribution to the overall team or group or community is absolutely lacking. Mm-hmm. But self-love, at least what I know, is when you practice it, you're only making yourself better or preparing yourself better to be of service to others. Yeah, I think it's like pouring from a glass full, right? It, you know, when you pour from a glass full, you know, you are you're um, satisfied yourself and you are you feel satisfied and happy in others' happiness as well. You don't have that element of any kind of jealousy or, you know, any kind of greed, none of that. You're content and you're, you know, giving others and you want others also to, you know, fill their buckets, you know. So I feel like it's a very wholesome concept, right? That is such a good analogy made, uh, Shweta, about pouring from an empty cup versus pouring from a, you know, full cup. That's exactly what it is, right? Selfish is more like your cup is empty, so you want to just tirelessly just take it away and try to fill your cup. Whereas self-love is you're already coming from a full cup, so you don't have to fill it in from outside, you're already full, mm-hmm. right? So that's such a beautiful analogy. I love it. Yeah, because I mean, contextually speaking, self-love, you know, you and me practice it now. It's such a huge part of our lives. But again, I think to give some context to our listeners, I think it was never something we knew about. And uh, especially in the East, and I think many parts of the world, it's this concept of um, self-love is tied to, you know, kind of, Selfish, like you were saying, you know, like thinking about oneself and not about others. Like I'm sure our mothers, our grandmothers, they selflessly served, you know, selflessly. Mm-hmm. And that selflessness actually was a big virtue, you know, it was yeah. seen as something. Yeah. And uh, I think whether it was, you know, what food my family likes or what vacations they want to take or what they want to be when they grow up, you know, it was all about like, you know, suppressing and the word sacrifice, yeah, mm-hmm. which we come to, mm-hmm. which was such a huge thing that we constantly heard growing up you know mm-hmm. it was all about like I'm sacrificing this that for you and we constantly heard that growing up and I think it, it kind of had a, it definitely now as I think about it it never made me feel good it always made me feel guilty you know that mm-hmm. somebody whether it's your loved one you know whoever it is they're giving up something to make you know something else available to you in your life yes all right so let's talk about um you know, when people say selfless, self-love is selfless is actually the best form of love. Being selfless in love is actually the greatest form of love. So it's a great virtue. It's a great virtue to have. Being sacrificial is also a great virtue, but it should not come at the cost of sacrificing our own, like, you know, by ignoring our own self. Mm-hmm. And that is where I think the difference, the, the fine line goes, where when we hear our elders say, but be selfless, sacrifice for yourself for a good cause, sacrifice yourself for, for your loved ones. They're absolutely right because that's the best way to do it. But nobody says, also take care of yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also be, you know, have your cup full. That is where I think we have a little bit of a skewed view. We're just taking a part of that definition and practicing it as a virtue, mm-hmm. but leaving a big chunk of it, which is not being practiced. And I think that's what leads to frustration among certain people right. and, you know, families because and women especially because they are eternally the givers of the family, but they're always giving, 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 but not giving for themselves also. So 
that is where I think we want to stress in this podcast that to make the fundamental difference of all these things being great, but self-love is of prime importance to really be selfless mm-hmm. to somebody else. I think you said it beautifully because while you can sacrifice some things, you know, okay, I, you know, my child wants this or my family wants this, but if you are not content, you never do it from the most pure heart, like from a good place, you know, you will still do it, but you'll have that resentment. And I think when you don't have that resentment and you're content, that is true self-love, you know, and it benefits not only you, everybody around you. And I think that's the beauty of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, it's beautiful. I think we've kind of uh, nailed down some key concepts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we did talk. It's, it's somebody told me the other day. It's like when you do something for others from a place of love, it is very uplifting. It makes you feel great. It makes you feel good. And the other person also feels good. It's because ultimately we are all vibratory beings. We are in the state of vibration, constant vibration. We have an energy field around us. And we interact with each other through that energy field, right? Mm-hmm. So when you when you're already in a higher state of vibration, right? Because you've you've kept yourself in a state of happiness and balance. And then when you give to others from that state, you are only uplifting yourself and the other person and the other the community at large. Mm-hmm. But imagine the other way around. When you're in a low vibration status, what do you mean by low vibration status? You mean by when you're not self, you know kind of loved yourself, when you really have not taken care of yourself, when you don't feel content inside, when you don't feel happiness inside. And then from there, you're going to try to give love for others. Really, there is not a, there's no resonance. There's only dissonance of vibration. And whatever you're giving, it always feels like it's draining from you. So I guess that's the key concept here. So, you know, we all have to consider ourselves from a vibratory standpoint, and it makes total sense. That's so, so true. And I think the more I've been reading and learning about it and practicing it, I totally totally believe it Mm -hmm. and in fact there was you know when we talk about self-love you know I think it's also it's not just for taking yes it's for taking care of yourself and feeling good but it goes beyond that because especially as women you know we have families we have you know and we do so much we have a career and all of that and finally at one point we're all going to become you know if you have children especially you're going to become empty nesters at some point and what I was reading somewhere was this it almost self-love becomes a life skill. Mm. Because imagine, say, a person X, and this can be men and women, you know, because, you know, both uh, today, both are providers of the family, whether it's financial, emotional, we both have, you know, deep connections to how much we give and do for our families. But imagine when you have nobody else to take care of. Mm. It's just you and your spouse and you're by yourself. And now I have seen this. And I think for us, generationally, we've seen our, you know, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, they don't know what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. After Mm -hmm. all of these years, they've attached their identity to their children, you know, to the roles they played as a mother, as an aunt, as a wife, and et cetera, et cetera, you know, and finally, they just don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know what their likes are, what their dislikes are. They don't have any hobbies. And that can be a very lonely thing. Because, you know, at the end of the day, whether you, you're you by yourself, you have a spouse, whatever it is, I think as I have learned this over the course of time, that happiness is something that whether you have a, so many people around you or you're alone, it's something you need to be happy with yourself, content with yourself. Yeah. And loving to be with yourself is also a very, very important life skill. And coming to this, when I was researching, I came across a Stanford School of Medicine. There was a 
Dr. Emma Seppler. She's the science director there. And she actually did a study and found that self-love or self-compassion goes just beyond making yourself feel good. It's crucial in laying the groundwork for dealing with criticism, with dealing with failure. It's almost kind of builds that muscle of resilience, you know, and strength in the face of failure and the ability to learn and bounce back from mistakes with greater enthusiasm. And I think I could not agree more Mm -hmm. because all of these things, you know, especially when life throws those curveballs at you, you know, you have hardship. I think these are the kind of skills, the muscles you get to use and kind of, you know, helps you get through those situations. Mm, That's, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Because once your children are grown and you have all this time for yourself, when you practice self-love, you'll actually enjoy the time you have for yourself saying, Oh, you know, I know that I love my time with myself. I want to do X, Y, Z. But if you've never done that before, you just feel lost, right? Very Practicing self-love provides an identity of, you know, Shweta and Brahma as an individual, you know, someone's friend, someone's spouse, someone's thing, but also mainly as an individual. So it provides an identity which can sometimes get lost if you're always identifying yourself with being somebody else's something. Yeah. So um, you're absolutely right in that. I think it's a very well-rounded experience of self Uh, practicing self-love and that's very important all right so i think we're going to go to the main aspect of um, self-love so how do we practice self-love shweta yeah, I, th- I think, I think um, we both you have, were saying, yeah, yeah, because we, we, we had this discussion and I think recently you told me about your whole morning routine mm-hmm. and I have taken parts of that. Oh, I want to tell about my morning routine. That's true. Yes, <laughs> you should. You should, because I've definitely taken portions of that depending on how busy or how much time I have in the morning. Yeah. And uh, definitely I want to listen. Let all our listeners listen to uh, your morning routine. I love it. Yeah, so sure. But I think uh, like like we discussed earlier, we should see the, some of these key concepts, right, that's being applied in our self-love practice. So let's dive in some concepts and I'm going to kind of drill in some of the self-care that I do. And then you can also jump in and tell what you do. So basically, I think some of the concepts that we find helpful are mindfulness, right? Being in the present, being in the now, mm-hmm. uh, having the self-awareness, enjoying the present, being in the now. It helps, it helps one develop intuition and and gain some insight in one to oneself as to who they really are and what their purpose in life is, right? So some of the mindfulness practices, yeah, I think the most uh, important practice would be meditation, meditation, meditation. Even taking that few minutes of sitting in some stillness and practicing that breath practice can do wonders. So in, there's no particular meditation technique I think we recommend. We just use meditation of whatever sort you like be it from just start at one minute practice, extend it to five minutes, and then go as long as you like. But doing it on a day-to-day basis really kind of helps you introspect, goes within, and brings some of the fascinating findings about yourself that you would be amazed mm-hmm. has helped mm-hmm. and how it helps and shapes you. I, I was actually, <clears throat> on that note, I was listening to um, Jay Shetty's interview with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. and he actually brings up this point. You know, he's like, Um, there is a point when you're like, oh, you know what? I always get distracted. I can't meditate. I can't meditate. But when you finally, you're sitting down, you're meditating, obviously thoughts are coming in. You're like, oh my God, what do I do? And you know, you're trying so hard to focus, but getting those thoughts is actually a part. It's just that flood of thought is part of your meditation process. And when you get past that is when you actually can 
truly meditate. Right. You just let those pop thoughts, flow of thoughts keep coming in, keep coming in, and you don't have to do anything about it. You know, just be non-judgmental. And um, once you get past that is when you're truly, you know, in that meditative state. And I think this especially rung true to me because uh, being the Virgo, I've just been so OCD. Oh my God, why are all these thoughts coming in? Like I have to focus on my breath. I can hear the sound, you know, you just, you know, your mind is just like this, uh, there's so much commotion, mm-hmm. but just trying to calm it down. You're working too hard almost. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who's trying to meditate for the first time and you feel these feelings, just let it all flow. Don't mm. judge yourself because, you know, it happens to everyone. Right. Absolutely. And I think it is a part, it is kind of one of the parts to self-discovery, which is kind of one of the foundations of self-love. And I guess meditating, introspecting, sitting quiet just, just helps you go through all the thoughts. And then once the thoughts, you know, you got past all these mundane thoughts that's going on, you kind of, the self reveals itself mm-hmm. in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that, you know, I'm going to talk to you about my morning routine, but there are days when I, you know, even now it's like some days I may just like do a short meditation or some days I may just like not be able to do it. Then I can see how my day is going. I've almost become solely dependent on that practice now because my day doesn't go as great or my mind is always, you know, churning million thoughts if I don't really sit and take some time for myself in the morning. So it's a beautiful way to start your day. Trust me, it works. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mindfulness is one concept. And, this, and the second concept is, like we mentioned, act on what you need rather than the want, right? Shweta, do you, you, I know you were talking about it. Do you want to go into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, we're always about like, I think this is a generation of instant gratification right. for everything, right? You know, you just, if someone's doing it, you instantly want to do it, you know? And it's always about like instant gratification versus what are the activities that you enjoy that keep you centered, that keep you grounded? And I think the the best way to do it is, you know, from the little things, you know, it's small and big decisions. And one of them is practicing good self-care, you know, whether it's your exercise routine, a good diet, you know, you want to get a manicure and a pedicure done. You want to go to bed at a certain time, you know, and just um, setting boundaries, you know, and having healthy and meaningful relationships. All of these are little, you know, acts of self-care that show that, you know, you value yourself. Right. and your body. And um, like I said, setting boundaries is another, like learning to say no is, it may seem a small thing, but we're again in a generation of where we want to do so much Mm -hmm. that, you know, people of all across all ages did just feel this pressure, this peer pressure. Like, you know, everyone's going out, everyone's doing this, you know, they're going on vacation here. You just want to say yes to everything. It's a FOMO. FOMO. Yeah, 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 totally. Because, and then in all of that chatter and noise, you kind of forget, like, is this what I really am? Is this what I really want to do? Like, is this what is giving me happiness, right? And and the other thing is, we all know nobody's perfect. You know, we live in this imperfect world and, you know, we all might have these great practices, whatever, but we all have our ups and downs. We mm-hmm. have our moments when things are going great. We're working out, we're, you know, doing our mindfulness, meditation, et cetera, et cetera. But then there are moments where we're not. Mm-hmm. And I think just giving yourself grace, you know, not criticizing yourself and just being like, okay, it's fine. You know, maybe my needs temporarily change. You know, maybe there's a major life event that happens, especially in today's world of like, you know, still parts of the world like India is still grappling with a global pandemic. And it's not been easy. You know, those of us even here, like you and me, we still have like family and, you know, people suffering. So it kind of affects us, you know, on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. 
So there have been moments where I haven't been able to do it. And I think my old self would have been extremely critical of it. But I finally come to that state where, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And just Mm -hmm. telling yourself that it's okay will make it, you know, make everything else much more bearable because you're not hearing that criticism from outside. Mm -hmm. Most likely 90% of the time I can say it's what's in your mind. Mm, that's absolutely right yeah right that's what kind of takes over so just forgive yourself you know and just just be kind to yourself that's a big big part of you know self-love and self-care and the other thing I think the last practice that you know we were discussing about was living with a purpose so what does living with a purpose mean you have obviously you have short-term goals and long-term goals and all of this stuff but every day You know, are you adding meaning to your life? You know, are you taking, whether it is about taking better decisions, Mm -hmm. and this might be for the little things, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but are you taking better decisions? And when your purpose is aligned with all of those decisions you're making, like you said, you know, the vibrations, because we live in a vibratory universe. As soon as you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. And you raise that vibration, you will see how things will just start happening for you. And what I've come to realize more and more is there is nothing like coincidence. Mm. It's all you. You know, if you're positive, if you're aligned, that's the kind of energy you attract. And once your vibrations are high and they're in a very good positive state, that's how you're able to give. Exactly. No, you're right. And you also give from that state. Right. So I think your point of live with a purpose is great. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why tools like meditation kind of helps you go introspect and then provide you with that guidance to how, what is your purpose? Because everybody's purpose could be different, but finding the purpose is a journey by itself. And I think meditation actually helps one to really go deep and find that purpose. Yeah. So one way to add to all those points is you add some things in your day and you remove some things in your day. So what you add is good practices like meditation. And I'll tell you what I do as a routine. And removing is detoxing. We're living in an age of this media and, you know, everywhere there's so much like, you know, violence or pandemic. And you only hear a lot more of the sober stories, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we need to kind of remove that or remove any anybody, any person, any influence around you that is that is more toxic. You know, you don't need that. You really need to kind of set the boundaries and remove this and detox yourself, mind, body, and soul, bring in good practices, raise your vibratory status, learn to introspect, learn to forgive yourself, uh, you know, any kind of self deprecator and then through all of this, you will find that purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you find that purpose, this just adds so much more to your life. And it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on to what I have started doing. I have actually found a, it, it, it works, it works. I think you've tried it too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just don't want to bore people with this Ayurvedic concept, but really when people say wake up before sunrise, they really mean it because between two to 6 a.m., your brain is actually at its highest point of activity. So if you want to think about something, if you want to be creative about something, if you want to do something where it involves brain work, waking up before the sunrise is actually a really good time. So I've been doing that. I've been waking up before sunrise and I I do some practices like oil pulling, mm-hmm. which is just like, you know, swishing oil in the mouth to kind of detox. And I've been doing a self-massage, uh, self-lymphatic drainage massage is amazing. With any Abhyanga, you, right? It's called Abhyanga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With any oils that you choose. And then after that, I go into do a, do a 15 to 30 minute meditation and then I do yoga 
about again, 15 to 30 minutes, depending on how much time I have for that day. And then I have a nice shower and I am really set. I say I'm setting the tone with an intention for that day. What is it that I really want to achieve today? And how do I like my day to go today? Mm-hmm. So with that intention, I start my day and I just read a book at least like for 15 minutes. I read a, a book that enriches me and nourishes my mind mm-hmm. and I start my day. It's just been so amazing. And then obviously breakfast and stuff like that. But it's really doing this. It takes me about an hour or two hour and a half to finish all this, but really sets a tone for the rest of the day. And I have to tell you the days that I've not done this practice, I can tell the difference. Yeah. How my but and obviously to wake up early, guys, you need to go to bed early. So I've set the boundaries. I've told my family that after nine, I'm done. I'm gone off to the bed. So setting boundaries is very important, even with your loved ones, because you're really taking care of yourself mm-hmm. first. So um, at nine, I'm off to bed. By nine thirty, I'm done. So it's been working out great. Even yeah. my family, I think, is a little inspired seeing this. No, totally. I I agree. I agree. I have definitely incorporated the meditation. So I kind of alternate between how long I can meditate and. Uh, you know, how, how much yoga I can do on mm-hmm. depending on the week I'm going into work or I'm at home. Right. But I'm still I like you said, I think ever since I started doing it, I can totally see the difference. Yeah. You know, just in my energy levels, in my mood, in my attitude about how I approach the day, you know, when I have taken that time for myself. Right. Yeah. So that's it for our episode today, folks. So like the Buddha said, you yourself as much as anybody in the entire universe deserve your love and affection. So carry on loving yourself, practice self-love, and you can see such amazing results and you will not be disappointed. Totally. So I hope you guys enjoyed our episode today and took something away. And uh, we'd love to hear about your thoughts and uh, your personal experiences about self-love. So until next time, practice self-love. Bye. If you like what you heard, give us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Have any questions or simply want to drop us a note? We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at chaibreakpodcast at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-I-B-R-E-A-K podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast or visit us at chaibreakpodcast.com.